0: Nostalgic Movie Review From
1: Nerdy Married Man Hello Welcome back to the show bow, 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 bow. Today we are looking at one of my bad picks And this is Sucker Punch Yes It was made in uh, 2011 It's PG-13 If you watched the original theatrical version It's an hour and 50 minutes The extended cut is rated R And two hours and seven minutes Yep
0: And both are good I definitely think the extended version a little bit better and it goes a little bit more in depth on some of the things that were outside of like things that weren't fully explained very well
1: absolutely it does make the film make more sense but yeah
0: (laughs) Uh, what were the scores for this movie
1: Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 22% and the audience gave it a 47% it's pretty
0: bad pretty pretty bad bad bad. It's pretty bad
1: I mean, my rating is probably a little lower as well, but probably, <laughs> probably not cl- you know, okay, okay. the Rotten Tomatoes score.
0: Um, let's see. Synopsis of this movie. You uh, want
1: to go ahead? Yeah, sure. A young girl, institutionalized by her abusive stepfather, retreats to an alternative reality as a coping strategy and envisions a plan to help her escape. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, a, a pretty accurate synopsis. Uh, I do love kind of the style of how the story is played out. Yeah. Um, this movie is uh, written and directed by Zack Snyder. It's actually one of Zack Snyder's first movies that's not an adaptation of like a comic book or anything like that. Yep. Um,
0: it's very still comic book stylized. Oh, yeah, definitely. Top cast of this movie with Emily Browning, Vanessa Hudgens, Abby Cornish, Jenna Malone, Carla Gino, Jamie Jung, Oscar Isaac, John Hamm. <laughs> Another movie and with John Scott Hamm. Scott Glenn.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then Scott Glenn is the wise man.
0: Which you will recognize some of these people, obviously, especially uh, Carla Giugino. She's in a ton of different things, especially in a lot of uh, Mike Flanagan's uh, movies and TV shows.
1: Yeah. Oscar Isaac. I mean, he's more famous nowadays than he was then uh, when... Sucker Punch came out. He he had still been in things, but, you know, a lot of people recognized him from, like, Robin Hood or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but nowadays, of course, you know him from Star Wars or X Machina.
0: Or Moon Knight. Or, or Moon Knight. Yeah. Or even X-Men Apocalypse. He was Apocalypse. Yeah. So I always forget about that. But <laughs> um, Under that
1: makeup, it's hard to tell.
0: One of the things that I thought was hilarious in this movie, Scott Glenn, the wise man, which he plays a wise man in a lot of things. He actually plays Sticks. And it's both Electra and Daredevil. Yep. <laughs>
1: he, he does really good at this kind of type of role. I'm going to teach you. Yep, <laughs> as a teacher mentor. Teach
0: <laughs> um, so I thought that was really hilarious. The casting is really fantastic for this movie. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if the cast wasn't the way it was, I don't think this movie would be anywhere near as good as it
1: is. Oh yeah, the cast definitely pulls this movie. Yes.
0: Guess what of your first thoughts and uh, score for you?
1: So this movie is amazingly stylized, but it is so bizarre. And that's that's kind of my first impression, is this movie is just, at points, the scenarios are just odd.
0: Yeah. But it
1: is a, a fun movie to watch. I definitely like all the different stunts and I guess the action dance sequences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very fun, but it is, it's a weird movie. All right. All right. What do you give this for your reading? Um, I'd rate this uh, closer to the audience score. Uh, I'd probably give it uh, a few points above like a 50. Okay. It is a middle of the road movie for me, basically.
0: For me, this movie is basically not one movie. This movie is three separate movies mushed together. There is the movie grounded in reality, then there's the brothel side of the movie, then there's the fantasy side of the movie. Yeah. So for me... I give this movie three different
1: ratings. (laughs) Okay.
0: I gave the realistic movie, what's really happening, a 68%. I gave the brothel side of the movie a 74%, and then I gave the fantasy worlds an 88%.
1: Wow, okay. With a
0: mean score average of 76. So I'm going with 76 as my score for this movie. It's a lot higher than a lot of people give it. This is one of my guilty pleasure movies. I know it's controversial to love this movie. I know probably people hate me or think I'm misogynistic or sexist for liking this movie, but... It's just a fun movie. Oh, like, absolutely. It's so much fun. It's so weird and so bizarre. It's just a good movie to shut your brain off and just watch. Yeah. And the stylized parts of this are really awesome. And yes, there's heavy parts in this movie about sexual abuse and sexual assault. But I think the director was really trying to not say that it, Like all the things that he did in this movie were portraying something or trying to put a certain message in our head. And I don't think a lot of people caught that. They're just like, oh, here's a guy filming girls in skimpy clothes. And I'm like, that's not, that's kind of the point of this movie, though, is you're not getting it.
1: <laughs> Well, and there's <laughs> to me a lot of that brain. empowerment in the movie yeah. and kind of overcoming all of the obstacles in your way.
0: Yeah. Like for me, this character has, a, the main character has a better story arc than Captain Marvel does.
1: Well, and that's uh, one thing is who is the main character? We'll get more in the spoilers, yeah. but the main character is portrayed as uh, her name's Baby Doll uh, Emily Browning. Emily Browning.
0: Uh, next week's movie. Um, we are going to be doing my good pick movie, which is Behind the Mask The Rise of Leslie Vernon. it's a definitely a unique unique indie horror film um, we'll get into like why it's so unique but definitely you guys should watch that one and then listen along with us that one's going to be a really really fun one
1: absolutely, check it out and we'll see you next week yes. uh, so now we are moving on to spoilers spoilers <laughs> All right. So, what what are some of the uh, highlights and downfalls you have for this movie?
0: Do we want to do with downfalls first, or highlights first, or do we want to do like a mix?
1: Uh, we can, we can start with highlights. Okay.
0: Um, highlights for this movie. The soundtrack of this movie is fucking amazing.
1: So good. <laughs> and actually, uh, look, three of the songs in the movie are actually sung by Emily Browning. Uh, there's the rendition of "Sweet Dreams" are made of this. Oh. There's the song "Asleep." And then there's a song by Yoav called "Where Is My Mind," and she is featured in it.
0: Nice. Uh,
1: but I, I think my favorite one is, of course, the "Sweet Dreams" rendition. It is so haunting and just. Beautiful. I think
0: I think it's called like White Elephant or something or White. Oh, I think it's called White Rabbit. There's a song. Oh, yeah. um, where it's talking about Alice in Wonderland. One pill makes you stronger, or one makes. Picks- and the other makes you small, mm-hmm. and Go Ask Alice. That song is so cool, and especially for this style of movie. The one thing I, I I will say, this movie is very much Inception before Inception. Yeah. I can't remember exactly when Inception came out, if it was before or after this, but I think it was before. This movie is a movie that
1: dives into a world, then dives into a world. <laughs> yep. And, uh, I mean, that, that song, White Rabbit, really fits the movie, because it is very... Kind of modeled after, you know, Alice in Wonderland and yeah. all the, you know, that type of story.
0: Um, I love the foreshadowing in this movie, um, especially like walking through the first time she's at the asylum. You see the lighter with the dragon on it. You see the key. You see the knife. You see the map. It yeah. shows all these distinct things for a reason. They will go back to him. The opening music scene in the extended version between Oscar Isaac and Carla Giudino, they actually do sing that.
1: Oh, and it's so good. And they
0: actually dance and everything for it. And it's
1: so, so good. (laughs) I definitely really enjoyed that scene. The sequences throughout the movie are really fun. It's in, I guess, the burlesque portion, the first inception, if you will, she is learning to dance. And every time she does these, her dances, it goes even deeper into these fun fantasy sequences.
0: Yeah. Which, this is one of those things that... I both love and hate about the movie. I yep. kind of wanted to see her dance once. But to the same extent, like I don't know if any dance that she would have done would have been as mesmerizing as they said it was. Oh, yeah,
1: because, I mean, these scenes are so visually beautiful. And, I don't know, I guess... One thing that bothers me about the dance sequences is, is I would have liked to see it too, but the way she starts out dancing, she kind of just stands there and like kind of waddles sweet. back and forth. Yeah. She <laughs> sways back and forth with her shoulders. It's it's kind of awkward to me. But continue, you were about to.
0: No, no, I mean you're totally right. Like it's it's definitely one of those things where it's like just kind of like weird, and she seems kind of like shy and awkward at first, and then like every time they talk. About the dance after she's done, like everyone's clapping, everyone's in tears, everyone's like, "Oh my god, that was the best thing ever!" And then like one of the characters, Sweet Pea, is always like, "Oh, that much gyrating and sweating it's just weird and gross." And I'm like, "What? What is she doing? <laughs> <laughs> Explain at least something. I need some sort of like picture
1: <laughs> of what the fuck you're seeing that makes it so incredible. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, no, I I think the cinematography in this movie is so good." Uh, if you're a fan of Zack Schneider, uh, I mean, it could be a highlight or a downfall for you because he does fall into his, like, Zack Schneider is known for doing a lot of slow-mo and stuff like yeah. that, and he definitely uses it. I mean, it's it's his style, and it. I mean, it's, it's not bad all the time, but it's there.
0: Yeah. Uh, he definitely has those, like, Dutch angles that we've talked about, too, mm-hmm. where it's definitely looking at these women. And it does, like, there's parts of this movie that seem a little weird, like in the fantasy scenes, like they fight so it's the most like anime stylized fantasy sequence like every but it's like all different styles of fantasy so like the first fight scene is an anime style samurai fight with tengus
1: and they're like 25 foot tall samurai. (laughs) yes and
0: she's just this little thing which a tengu is a japanese demon um that a lot of times they have these really long noses which the first samurai she fights has that really long nose and that nose if you cut it off you can like get any wish or whatever or no it heals any ailments so it's like a weird, really, thing. And, like, it doesn't explain that at all. But, like, knowing that, I'm like, well, that's kind of crazy. And then we have a World War II fight at Notre Dame with uh, mech suits fighting steampunk zombie Nazis. <laughs> it's,
1: it's so weird.
0: And then we have a, a fantasy castle with orcs and a wyvern. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, a world with multiple planets in view with floating train... And the train's armed with a bomb that's on its way to a city filled with killer robots. <laughs> like, they're all, like, such, like, unique styles of fantasy. And, like, it's it's kind of crazy that they don't stick with one style. Well, and, yeah.
1: Honestly, it feels like each of these four sequences are... It's almost like they were planned before the movie. Like, Zack Snyder's like, okay, I got an idea for four different movies, and I got to figure out how to get them on screen. And instead of doing, like, fun YouTube shorts or something, he's like, I am going to build this story around these four sequences just so I could show them on the film. Yeah.
0: (laughs) One of the things that I absolutely love, especially in the extended edition, is the high roller extended scene, because he's the doctor who does the lobotomy. John Hamm. And it's showing the scene where he, like... The high roller brings her in, but he doesn't want to... Because this movie is heavily involved with sexual assault, so hard trigger warning on that. You guys, if you've gotten this far, you already know that. But he's talking to her, and he's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to take you. I want you to want me. I don't want this to be weird or awful in any way for you. And it was really unique, and then it cuts to the lobotomy and that whole scene of the lobotomy made so much more sense to Mm -hmm. me because after the lobotomy, he talks about how he doesn't like this, but it's his job. How he doesn't want to do this, but he's forced to do it. And how he's like, doesn't believe in the practice at all and he like, he could tell that she wanted it in her eyes, that she wanted this lobotomy to forget all the things that have happened to her. Yeah, And I'm like, Wow like that one extended scene is the only reason I think is like besides that musical scene at the beginning is fun this extended scene felt like needed to be in the movie it explains so much more of John Ham's character and why he does what he does and it's it's interesting it's it, it makes <laughs> the movie
1: feel more connected uh, I know that that scene was actually taken out of the original cut for the theatrical version because the creators or the studio was a little nervous about having that scene about, you know, the sexual assault and whatnot. But in the extended cut, they had it put back in and it, I think it made the movie feel better. And it's, it's not like over gratuitous or anything. It's, no. I, I think it's well done, I guess. It's definitely
0: one of the most sexually assaulty scenes in this movie Which is weird because this entire movie is about all of these girls being sexually assaulted. And I'm pretty sure every one of these dance sequences are them getting sexually assaulted.
1: I feel like the dance sequences... I mean, it might allude to that, but I think they're more in line with using their bodies to get the plans, you know, done. Like, stealing the map and stealing the lighter and the knife and whatnot.
0: Yeah, um... There's just a lot of things, especially multiple watch-throughs and, like, characters talking to each other. Like, the orderlies in the real world talk about actually sexually assaulting these girls Mm -hmm. and like, the rooms and stuff. And Oscar Isaacs always brings these girls to separate rooms for these characters. And all of the characters that have performed sexual assault, all the orderlies that have,
1: are in all the other scenes. In they're the kind of like the, the boss fights of the fantasy worlds are these. Yeah, orderly.
0: so it's it's really weird, really unique, really hard subject to do. And this is a interesting way to talk and deal with this, such a hard subject, without ever showing it. Oh, and yeah. And I appreciated that a lot. Because as much as people think this movie is gratuitous or gross or misogynistic, it could have been way worse. Well, it
1: actually took a lot of planning to make to talk about these things in the movie and still keep it PG 13. When it first yeah. came out, the R rating really doesn't add too much like blood, you know, or sexual things. Like there's not really yeah. any nudity or anything in the movie. I don't think there is a single thing of nudity in this movie. So it, it was interesting style of how to talk about this subject and be able to show it to a wider audience.
0: Um, I will say some of the designs of this movie, like that mech suit that Amber uses in that Nazi war scene is fucking cool as shit oh yeah the sword that baby uses is so unique and cool uh jen and i both said that the dragon or the wyron in this movie is
1: one of the best looking movie dragons we've seen oh and for that time in t- 2011 it it looked really good
0: yeah there's not like there's a lot of things that have coming out recently that i'm like oh that dragon looks bad but like this looks good like The special effects in this movie are incredible. Yeah. The robots, the wyrons, the orcs in that scene with the wyron are actually, like, Lord of the Rings orcs. Yeah, it was,
1: like, (laughs) almost, like, practical makeup and whatnot.
0: I don't know if it was they had, like, got the rights to it or if they just, it was public domain. Mm Mm-hmm. But I was just like, well, "That's so weird! Like, why am I seeing Orkai in this yeah, like, movie?"
1: Like the character, the CGI characters look really good. It's it's kind of the backgrounds that look a little wonky. They're fun stylized like style wise, but the green screen effect kind of pulls you out of it once in a while. Like it is, yeah. you can tell like the fog or particle effects, or even just them standing in front of, you know, the moving train and all the various backgrounds. It's like, it it looks off. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I guess it fits the fantasy um, dream sequence. I love
0: all the things with Dr. Grosky, uh, Carla Gigino's character. Like, at the beginning, she talks about how she can control a world. She's talking to baby, uh, baby Doll, and she said, you can control your world, you can let go of your pain, you can make the world whatever you want. And I think that is what makes, like... A lot of the things that she's saying to Baby Doll in this movie ends up happening in the movie. So Baby Doll creates her own world right yep. after that. And that's when the brothel first comes in. And then when she gets into another place, she creates another world on top of that. And she makes it a fantasy fighting world instead of dealing with what she's actually dealing with. Mm-hmm. We won't fully actually know what happens. But later in the movie, Dr. Grosky, after Amber's death, so there's no more fantasy worlds. And then after that, there is no more fantasy scenes in the movie, yeah like so literally every time Dr. Grosky is saying these things, it's happening and baby doll is reacting to him. so everything I think the doctor says is actually happening.
1: yeah, absolutely. and I think uh, when she's talking to Baby doll about you know creating your own world and doing these things, this kind of goes back to earlier how I said, you know, who is the main character of this movie? A lot of people like it's framed that Baby Doll is the main character, but some people speculate uh, speculate that Sweet Pea is actually the main character. And actually, you know, she even says it when you first meet Sweet Pea on the stage. She gets off and she tells them to cut, and she's like, "Well, th- I am the star of the show." Mm-hmm. But it even goes deeper than that, and some people think that Baby Doll is maybe a character created by Sweet Pea to kind of show what she's going through to escape this facility and all of the different things that have happened. And it it makes a lot of sense. And there's deeper dives of it on YouTube that I definitely recommend to go check out. For sure. But it's, it's interesting kind of looking at how this movie is framed. Talking about
0: that, like the opening dialogue actually like says, like you don't ever know who's going to be a hero. You don't know if it's going to be this person or that person or just some random nice old guy on a bus. And that specifically lays out who the hero is later, which is interesting. And talking about like who this movie is about, there's a big theory that, which you were kind of alluding to a little bit there, that Sweet Pea and Baby Doll are actually the same character. Yeah. And maybe that all of these girls are actually all split personalities of Baby Doll.
1: And I think that comes into play. Maybe like uh, it shows the different the lobotomy scenes with baby doll but then it cuts to the theater performance where it is actually sweet pea sitting in the chair Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering if maybe the lobotomy kind of triggers that point of she has all these different personalities i I really hate that they
0: showed that lobotomy scene like towards the beginning of the movie because i really think that they like showed that but then they like all right three days earlier or five days earlier or whatever but they Mm -hmm. didn't ever say five days earlier and so i think it jolted but like to me, um, I really do kind of think they are the same person because they have that sisterly bond. She lost her sister, so she got sisters in her head yep. together. And then, and when we do hear about the things that were real, like her stabbing an orderly, her causing a fire, and her letting a, someone escape, there's no talk about two of the girls dying. Yeah. Or three of the girls dying, actually, because we had Rocket, Amber, and Blondie yep. all die. And so I was just like, well, if we're not talking about those three things happening, then did those things happen? Was that all in her head? Were those different parts of her that was, that were dying in those moments? Or of her letting go of some of those styles of emotions?
1: And I think it definitely could have been that.
0: And so I thought that was very, very interesting. The lobotomy also is really cool, because I thought this was... The lobotomy hits the viewer. Like, it looks like it's hitting us. And at that point... I feel like it's killing the male gaze and killing hope.
1: Oh, okay. That's an interesting way to look at it. (laughs) I just love how it tricked you into like when the lobotomy happens, it cuts to the burlesque thing. It it seems like it's going like that. Like you mentioned, you know, it does like a time jump where... At the end of the movie, it shows him actually finished performing the lobotomy and the actions of the fantasy sequences actually took place before the lobotomy. I just think it's so interesting because it makes you think like all this is happening in her head after she gets hit, but it's actually stories that happened before.
0: Yeah. A lot of people also talk about how... And I even saw this on sense which I, I had when I was watching this movie again with my wife. She said the same thing. She's like, how did that shot hit the sister? And I'm like, it wasn't the first shot. A lot of people think it was the first shot that bounced off the light and ricocheted and stuff. There was two shots fired. <laughs> and it's the second shot, it actually pierces through him, and you see it hit a coat in the back of the closet. She was behind that coat.
1: That makes
0: sense. So, it's something that I... Notice and I like rewound it and showed her and she's like, Oh, I think you're actually right. She's like, I didn't know how that hit and I was like, <laughs> It doesn't show the sister, but I guarantee you she was behind that coat and that was the same height of where she was at, so it has to be that second shot. That but makes a lot sense. of
1: people fault that <laughs> first shot.
0: <laughs> like you do couldn't reconstruct like
1: all crazy like and hit her. <laughs> do you have anything else for like highlights? I do like that he
0: did leave he wanted to leave this movie up for interpretation. He wanted yeah you to think about who this movie actually is about. He wanted you to gather your own things from it. Everyone's going to find their own things. People they think are their own, like, uh, wow, I fucking, I can't speak right now. Um, everyone's drawing their own conclusions to this movie of who is the main character, what is going on? What's the main story of this? I think it leaves a lot of room for interpretation. And I think that's why this movie gets downgraded a lot. It gets shit on a lot because a lot of people just, when you have a lot of room for interpretation, You're just a lot of people like I need an explanation or this movie sucks. Like
1: (laughs) (laughs) it it gets you thinking and it's it's a good decision by
0: Zach Um, Oscar Isaac in this movie. I just want to say he by far was one of the best actors in this movie. He's amazing in almost everything he's in. I one of my highest loved actors. Like he's grown so much for me, but he is amazing and terrifying at some parts of this movie. Well,
1: he's he's actually in my opinion. The highlight of acting in the movie and actually I think one of the only highlights like the other characters they I guess do well for what they're given but I find every single other character in this movie incredibly boring. Yeah. They're just, they don't have much character to...
0: Like, uh, I think Rocket also is pretty decent Jenna Malone's character. That's the only other one that I, like, really, really, really enjoyed. But, yeah, some of the other ones just kind of fall a little flat at times. Oscar is, like, the entire movie is fantastic. Yeah, every every
1: (laughs) scene he's in, he just kills it. I guess we should go
0: into downfalls then.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess this is something very minor, but uh, in the chase sequence in the trench during the World War II fight... It just got way too shaky cam for me. I I just Sometimes it was kind of hard to just tell what was going on, but I'm like, it's way too much motion. Kind of dial it back a little. And then another minor thing before I get into a big thing is uh, the wise man. I think he was great, but it was just so annoying. And I guess part of his character, when after he's done talking, he always goes, oh, and one more thing, (laughs) (laughs) and then says some quip and I one was, more
0: day. yeah I'm like
1: can, <laughs> you, can you not it just it was bizarre but my biggest issue with this movie are the fantasy scenarios themselves though they are awesome and stylistic i i enjoy them i feel like they do not fit well uh and they have no parallel to what is actually going on with the actions in the movie so i feel like when the scene happens is just it it doesn't really fit
0: yeah like I said, the inception kind of building of this movie of a world inside of a world inside of a world, all inside of her head with all of these characters might be made up, which I will say too, one of the things that makes no sense that a lot of people point out, which I think is a good reason why Sweet Pea and Doll are the same person is that Stick is the guy on the bus that helps her out. Yeah. And so for her, if this is a retelling of what had happened, She's using characters that she had met along the entire way to fill in for these characters in the movie that we're seeing. So we're seeing a retelling of Sweet Pea's story of escaping, mm-hmm. not a story about Baby Doll. Like it's it's super weird, but it's the only way that it makes sense because how would Baby Doll know about Stick?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Without... <laughs> <laughs> I, well, at first it's like he's just a made-up character to help drive things but yeah showing him at the end with Sweet Pea it's like oh well that makes more sense than that the other characters might be Um,
0: yeah one of the other downfalls for me is besides the man on the bus and the two two policemen trying to find the person who broke out of the insane asylum the two cops, male cops every other male in this entire movie wants to sexually assault someone wow it's a Like, it is so bad. Like, and a lot of people say, like, this character is, like, so against women and stuff like that. But, honestly, he made every single male, except for, like, three or four men in this entire movie, the bad guys. Yeah. Like, hardcore made them the bad guys. Which is why I don't fully believe the whole thing about him just being mean to these women and stuff like that. Like, I'm just like, uh Like, but it really is true. I hated how protective sweep he is throughout this movie like i always hate that trope with characters and their siblings or daughters or whatever it's like oh i just protecting you oh i just gotta do this like we just have to (laughs) we have to be prostitutes to protect you you don't want to escape here you'll die (laughs) it's like is this a better life for her like why are you fighting this (laughs) and
1: i don't know yeah she's very protective but at the same time she's also almost hateful to the other girls yes it's it's kind of bizarre how black and white she is i
0: hate all the times they're talking about the plan they're always doing it really loud in a room full of other people yep they put the plan on this blackboard that's everyone uses in a room that everyone touches and they just well, put it on the back side of it
1: if we turn it around no one will find it and they ah. they tape all of their stuff underneath the table like that one's not the lighter the, the map I, I don't know. They don't have a lot of
0: places to probably hide stuff, especially since they are actually in an asylum. So yeah. that one made a little bit more sense to me. But, like, it's still just, like, really weird how much they do that stuff in front of everybody. And it also, like, really is hard to, like, separate yourself. Like, no one's hearing this.
1: <laughs> no one
0: at all. And I hate that they cross things off the list before they get them.
1: Oh, yeah. It's like, uh, um, we're going to go get this right now. Aren't
0: you a little uh, preemptive there? No, 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 no. But
1: I guess to counter, to kind of be devil's advocate, uh, you're saying they're talking really loud and whatnot. But since we talked earlier about maybe all of the characters being perceptions of Sweet Pea, it's like, well, maybe it's in her head. She's talking to herself, making this plan. So maybe her out loud speak is not actually happening.
0: See, this is where I, like, both love and hate this movie at times, because it is so much into interpretation, like, if you believe this, then this can make sense. But if you don't believe this, then none of this makes sense. Exactly. And this is why I think it gets such a low rating a lot of the times. I really did feel like killing Amber was out of nowhere. (laughs) yeah like that scene was weird like i get them killing blondie to some extent but killing amber
1: too I was like wh- why
0: <laughs> drama
1: <laughs> we gotta get feel somewhere
0: i hate in all these movies when someone makes a plan and someone gets caught there's like one person who caves and tells the bad guy the plan that's just a bad trope i hate the younger sibling dying in the third act that happens in a lot of movies like that surprise death scene gosh why is this in every movie (laughs) Um, oh that's so funny one of the things i had a really hard problem with and most of these fantasy scenes they're pretty accurate but in the dragon scene where they're trying to get the lighter amber is the one stealing the lighter from the mayor's pocket but in the fantasy world baby doll is the one taking the fire rocks out of the wyron's throat yeah and starting the fire and i'm like you're the distraction though for this well yeah, like, she's the one doing the like that's another thing where i'm like okay they have to be the same person yeah because that's they switch the only roles. way that it makes sense that they're switching roles throughout this <laughs> real world and fantasy world i'm like oh you're making this too complicated yeah um the airplane only has one propeller one wing like it had both wings but on it had like the cockpit like kind of not in the middle and then it had propeller on one side of the wing and only one propeller and i'm like that plane wouldn't fly at all
1: it it would turn in circles on the ground Uh, (laughs) so bizarre
0: yeah i think that's pretty much what i have
1: yeah uh i guess a couple other fun facts uh Apparently, Vanessa Hudgens was really looking forward to this role because it's something different than what she had been doing. Yeah, like, this uh, was from high school musical and whatnot. First thing after high school musical. So she wanted to show something different.
0: Because I believe High School Musical 3 came out in 2010. So this was the year after, after she had just ended High School Musical. And then right after this, I think, is when she did uh, Spring Breakers with James Franco with like Selena Gomez and uh, a couple other like. Disney actresses.
1: Huh. I hadn't seen that one. <laughs> it's a interesting.
0: It's a unique, unique movie. <laughs> it's a it's a very indie film, and it's it's a very much a party, college, lots of nudity, lots of craziness. But they also join this like rap, wannabe white rap star who's based off of Riff Raff. I don't know if you know who that rapper is, but he's got, like, the stupid grill and, like, tattoos everywhere, and he's, like, and James Franco plays him, and he's, like, oh, yeah, this is my shit. This is my shit. you my girls. Like, he's, like, so weird. He's, like, I got guns, I got machine guns, I got money, I
1: got pools. And that that <laughs> sounds that. like a movie I'll skip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting movie, but it's also, like, really weird seeing all these Disney stars being in such a movie that where it's, like, got a lot, a lot of nudity, and, like, they become killers, and, like, kill a bunch of people for james franco and it's it's bizarre as hell (laughs) sounds it um one of the things i also found really annoying about this movie is when they do take uh they like she like pulls down the map and i think she like draws the map and then re-puts it back up but she puts the tack in a different place and i thought it was bizarre as hell for oscar isaac to walk in his room feel like something's not right here. Lift up. The first tack lady lifts up. This tack was not put in the exact same place. There's two holes in the map now. Instantly noticing the like,
1: smallest thing. You did
0: not notice that that tack was moved, like, not even a, a half an inch, not even a quarter of an inch. Like, there's no way you notice an eighth of an inch movement from a tack that you've probably not looked at your entire life ever since you put that up. Yeah, it, It's so... Like, uh, it, there's so many of these <laughs> things. When they do get the stones for the fire, and they test the fire, they wake up the mother, and they're specifically told not to wake up the mother. And I'm like, why are you testing the fire? You know what it does. Yeah,
1: it's like, <laughs> just just leave. You can avoid the whole dragon boss fight altogether. But uh, apparently, uh, Emily Browning had uh, an issue with her hair during the movie. They they bleach blonde her hair for the movie, and apparently mm. after filming, it actually, like, damaged her hair, so she had to cut her hair and let it grow back its natural color. Oh, wow. Because it's just so bad. I mean, it looks really good in the movie, but apparently it, it did some damage.
0: <laughs> um, one of the other things I have to have as a downfall for this movie, it's something that I said during the movie, and then I watched The Sun Missions for this movie, and I laughed really hard that they also said this. Because <laughs> Jen was like, ah, it's whatever, you can... This movie takes place in the 60s. How the hell did she think of all of the fantasy worlds and all the technology they use, that mech suit, the guns that were like now and day guns, <laughs> the, the plane, like there's so many of these things and like, yeah, like some of these things were around, but like the steampunk of it all, the killer robots, the flying train the the worlds with like all these like i was like oh come on
1: imagination
0: (laughs) some people say that we don't know what she did in her real life and so their explanation is she could have been some sort of artist who loved comic books and maybe she was some sort of like comic book artist and so she created these worlds in her head that she's drawn and stuff but i'm like you still didn't make a mech like mech suits weren't a thing in comics until people were thinking about them in real life (laughs)
1: that's it's bizarre it it, it was really
0: weird the advanced technology that she was using in her mind without ever having seen it yeah and that kind of cut away from it so i think if this movie was a little bit more grounded in their fantasy worlds it would have fit a lot better
1: yeah i think so because the fantasy worlds just didn't do it for me but
0: i think more than a movie this would be a perfect game Take the sexual assault stuff out and just have the fantasy world kind of things, or even do a duality game where it's narrative-based driven in the real world, but it's gameplay based in the fantasy worlds, and this would be cool as shit.
1: It, it would make cool different <laughs> levels to go through.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I have for the movie. I think that's pretty much all I have, too. One line from Oscar Isaac that's is really weird. After Rocket's death, Oscar Isaac goes, I'm your father? I'm your lover and I'm your employer. (laughs) And I was like, that right there was a line that I'm like, yes, he's been sexually assaulting these girls. It's like, there's so many lines that you, you are like kind of throwaway lines that don't make sense. But then when you think about it in the eyes of where these people all like, where these fantasy worlds, all sexual assault? And you're like, yeah, they, they probably were. And like (laughs) it took her getting the lobotomy and her being weird and her like causing all this chaos and her bringing the police involved and stuff to check out like who wrote the who signed carla giugino's signature and Mm -hmm. who did this and who did that for all these other orderlies to be like i don't want to do this anymore
1: Yeah, it's it's too much at that point
0: yeah (laughs) and so yeah i think that's pretty much all i have for the movie too this movie like we said i put this movie as high as i do not because i think this is like a perfect movie but anyways this is a guilty pleasure movie for sure The action, the music in this movie is fantastic. I love the fantasy sequences. I think they're so stylized in so many ways. A lot of the same way as I liked Baby Driver. Baby Driver had a lot of stylized sequences that were really unique that you don't see in other movies. And for me, this was that same way. This is so unique, something I've never seen in movies before that made me enjoy it in different ways. And so I have to give it a higher score because I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. Do I think this is a good movie? can't say that i perfectly think this is a good movie but do i enjoy the hell out of this movie yes
1: (laughs) it is definitely a fun movie i don't think uh you know i'll be doing many more repeat watchings of it i've seen it a few times and that's probably enough for me it's it's a middle of the road movie i've seen this eight or nine times (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna deny all right
0: guys well like we said, next week we're doing Behind the Mask, The Rise of the Lovely Vernon, so please watch that and listen along with us next episode. And we'll see you on the flip-flop. Bye!